we thank you for the ministry of your word. We ask that at this hour, your spirit will remain here and open the scriptures to us. Even the message you have for us. That in receiving this message, we shall be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I will begin by expressing my appreciation to my brother, Canon Professor Anusiem, the chaplain in charge of this chapel, for inviting me. Thank you very much. And for my brother, Canon Professor Anna, and Reverend Dr. Aniago, who kept reminding me about this assignment. May the Lord bless you for reminding me for this uh, um, assignment today. God bless you. I thank you, my brethren, especially the students that are being celebrated today. This is their day. I watched your drama. But above all, I listened to the word of prophecy for you people. I don't know whether you are attentive during the word of prophecy. There is something I got from that word of prophecy. Um, there was a scripture that was quoted. I know some of you may not understand the language most of the time that was spoken. You don't have the gift of interpretation. But the vessel interpreted and gave. There was a word from the scripture that she gave, which when I thought about it, the Lord gave me another word from the scripture at the altar, which I would like to mention before I go into the message I have for today. And that was when he, she said, when she recounted how during the formative stage of this church, how God used the students. And then she quoted Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1. Remember God in the days of your youth. So when that word came, I said, why is God interested in the youth? Why? And then this word from the scripture came to me. First John chapter 2 verse 14. If you read that scripture, it started by, I write to you fathers. Say, I write to you fathers because you have known God from the beginning. Then I look at the fathers here. God says, you are experienced in the knowledge of God. It's like that Igbo saying that says, What a man sees, sitting down, a young man may not see it, going to the skyscraper. But there was another thing that followed. That's where I got why that prophecy came of remember God in the days of your youth. He now follows says, I write to you young people. Say because you are what? You are strong. When you check strength, physically strong. And that the word of God does what dwells in you. I didn't end there. And that you have overcome the word evil one. So you can see why God is interested in the youth. Three things loaded in one. They are strong. The word of God dwells in them and they have done what? Overcome the evil one. Now, the characters you are going to study today from the Bible on the topic spirit of excellence, you are going to see they are mainly young people. They are youth, like you. So, um, I want to say before I go to Daniel chapter 1, 17 to 20, which is the, uh, we are the topic Spirit of excellence, where it's taken from. I want us to remember the team. I thank God for that team. When I, I had to go back to the scripture, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 15, to look at that uh, team, <laughs> what I saw there, I was um, marveled. I said, God, is that the reason why you led the planners of this program, you know, to take the team from that uh, scripture. Uh, if you don't mind, I, may, I want to recall that uh, team. Second Chronicles 15, um, verse 7. But let me start from verse, verse uh, 1 
where it says that the Spirit of God moved Azariah, the son of Oded, Oded the prophet. And he went to King Esa, the president of Israel at that time. The man is known for reforms. He is known for calling upon God in the time of trouble. In fact, before that uh, chapter 15, in chapter 14, they say God helped them to overcome the Ethiopians. The Ethiopian siege. So they called upon God, the king, and God helped them to overcome the Ethiopians. So in that verse 2, you know, he recalled a fact. He told the king, look, Shebi, you know that uh, this God, uh, when you are with him, he will be with you. Shebi, you know that uh, when you find him, seek him, you will find him. And when you forsake him, you will do what? He will forsake you. He, he began to recall. Then in verse 3, the writer of the book went off and said a fact. He mentioned some facts. He said in verse 3 that the people of God, they were without the true God at that time. They were without the true God. They were without a teaching priest. And they were without the law. Three things. And I don't know whether you are seeing something I am seeing. Three things that was happening at that time. They were without the true God. They were without teaching priests. And they were without the law. So you can imagine the picture is even happening now in our generation. In these days in the church, you see in the space, in our Christian space, you see now see many people that pretend as if they have the word. They are not teaching priests. But rather they are motivational speakers. And I remember what Brother Jude said in Jude verse 16b. You know what living Bible called them? Loud mouthed show offs. In fact, King James said, they speak great sounding words. You know? So they motivate without the scripture. And many people are carried away. That's actually what the children of Israel found themselves in those days in verse 3. They were without the true God, they were without teaching priests, and they were without the law. No scripture to guide them. But something happened again. As the writer was writing, he said in verse 4, that despite this, this condition, their spiritual state, what happened? When they turned to God, and they repented, and they sought God, they will be found. God, they will find God. That means the revival will happen. Now that's what happens in the church. Sometimes when we drift away from God, God brings revival. He brings us back to himself. Now look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, because of this, the state, these three things I mentioned, without the true God, without teaching priest, without the law, what happened? The consequence was that they, we had no peace and they were in turmoil, in adversity. That's in verse 6 and 5. So, you can see the picture, then verse 7, where we chose the thing came in. That's where the verse 7 came in. It says, King Asa is still being addressed. That president of Israel at that time says, Be strong and never be what? Discouraged. And that is the message of God to the church, to the chapel of his resurrection at this period, to this year. He said, Be strong and never be discouraged. There will be reward for your work. And what is that work? That work of turning back, deliberate action to turn back to God. And that was what happened. If you watch the, the subsequent verses, you see they removed the idols among them. Asa, the king, he now led them to remove the idols. But something happened in verse 12. And that is where I want to link to the topic we have today, spirit of excellence. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, And they entered into a covenant with who? with God, to seek the Lord God of their fathers and with all their what? Heart and with all their soul. Can you see that? Total commitment because Jehovah, the meaning of Jehovah is the God of covenant. 
So God always demands a commitment from us, a relationship of commitment, a relationship of covenant, as it were. I will do this for you, but you must do this. That's actually the way we relate to God. And so that verse 12, I want to link it to the topic today, which says the spirit of excellence. One reward God will give to us when we have this covenant relationship with him is the spirit of excellence. It's not only for the youth that I'm addressing today. I'm also talking to every member, both young and old. Adults who are here. The spirit of excellence, God has intended it for us. And I want us to now read Daniel chapter seven, uh, one, uh, 1. We read a little bit of it during the reading of the scripture. Look at 17. As for these four children, who are they? Daniel, Hananiah, Meshach, Azariah. You know, the, the king named, gave them different names. Daniel, he named Belshazzar. Uh, Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Meshach, he called Meshach. And of course, Azariah, he called Abednego. But if we look at verse 17, see, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. I don't know how many people that are teachers here? Are there teachers here? University lecturers? Are they here? I, know, I can see them here. So even if they don't, uh, <laughs> even some of them are here. <laughs> yes, there are people that are teachers, even secondary school teachers. Do you know what? The Bible is wonderful. If you, if you look at this verse 17, you see in what they call pedagogy, the science of teaching. This is actually, you see, the five domains that we use in assessing students, they are all here. Knowledge, skill, what they call psychomotor, domain. Attitude, aptitude, ap, aptitude. You hear about aptitude test. You hear an aptitude test. Many people focus on aptitude test when they want to assess uh, people that are applying for something. Aptitude and then beliefs. Just study that verse 17. You are going to see these things incorporated there. Knowledge, scale, wisdom. What is even wisdom? Quality of having experience. Quality of having knowledge. And quality of giving sound judgment. You see, see the aptitude, attitude, beliefs, they are incorporated in wisdom. So these things are there. These are the things that God gave these four youth, Hebrew youth, of which Daniel is our focus today. Because Daniel, I want him to represent the other youth. And luckily for us today, we are celebrating the students' day. Medical students, medical laboratory, anatomy, nursing. And so, this message is well tailored, is well selected for them. And we watch the drama. We watch the drama today. We saw those that excelled and those that did not excel out of their own ignorance. But it is God's will that we should have the spirit of what? Excellence. Now, if you look at verse 18, now at the end of the days that the king has said, he should bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. You see that verse 18? It's a fulfillment of scripture. One of the, I don't know if you, if you don't have the Bible, the scripture. Ha, if you don't focus on the scripture, you are lost. The Bible is wonderful. One scholar says something about the Bible. That among all the religious books in the whole world, in fact, he has studied other religious books. Uh, book for Islam, so many of the Eastern religions. He says that one thing that distinguishes the Bible from the other books is the phenomenon of prophecy, self-fulfilled prophecy. In other words, it's the only book that will say a thing and you see the fulfillment. In the same book, 
you see the fulfillment happening in a span of several years. Now, do you know that this verse 18 that is there, I've just read to you, about how the prince of Eunice brought these Hebrew children to King Nebuchadnezzar, was prophesied in Isaiah 39, verse 7. Look at that scripture, you'll see. It's wonderful. He, the prophecy was just hidden there. And before our very eyes in Daniel, it was fulfilled. Are you there? Yes. Can, you, can somebody read it for me? I know there is no time, but I want you to read it to show that you are following. Yes. Praise God. Isaiah 39, verse 7. It says, And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you, will be taken away, and they will become Enoch's in the palace of the king of Babylon. Can you see that? Your young people, they will be taken away to where? The palace of the king of Babylon. That was house Daniel and the other young three Hebrew youth. They found themselves there. They was for a purpose. Now look at verse 8, 19. And the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, stood they before the king. And in all matters, that's where I'm going to end, in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better. Can you see the spirit of excellence there? Ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that we are in all his reign. Hallelujah. Can you see that? The spirit of excellence. And there are two questions that we will use to interrogate this scripture today. And I'm going to end. If we can answer these two questions from the Bible, I'll be done with my message. What's the first question? Because Daniel is, my, is our focus now. He's a young person. The first question is this. Why did God bestow... Because the Bible says in verse 17 that God gave. It was God that gave that spirit of excellence. So my question is this, or our question this morning will be, why did God bestow the spirit of excellence on Daniel? That's the first question. Daniel, by extension, the three other Hebrew children. Then the second question is like, namely this first one. On whom does God bestow the spirit? That is why this, we are all of us who are seated here today. We will be having a search of our lives. As we listen to the scripture we are going to look at. So that what we are teaching today, what we are discussing today, all of us should have it. We are all children of God. So whatever promise God has made is a covenant keeping God. It is for us who are here. The spiritual Israel. Hallelujah. So let's look at the first question. Daniel, now look at Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. You are going to see something there. The same Daniel, but chapter 1 verse 8. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore requested of the prince of the eunuchs, that he might not defile himself. Look at Daniel chapter 6, 3 to 5. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king talked to set him over the whole realm. Verse 4. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion, nor fault. Please, please, let me ask you a question. Is this thing happening in Nigeria today? We are people are looking for fault in somebody. I want to call them. Eh? They have not been able to find. So it's not something that started today. <laughs> they are bringing us to the realm of politics that was happening in those days. The 
look for a fault in Daniel. See, they could not find. So it was all politics playing out in that scripture. Now what happened? Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Look at verse 5. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Hallelujah. Brethren, having read the scriptures, we want to answer the question, what and why did God, what did God find in Daniel? Why did God bestow this spirit of excellence in him? As we just read in chapter 6, verse 3 to 5. 1. If you look at Daniel chapter 1, verse verse 8, he said he purposed in his heart not to do what? To defile himself. So, Daniel dared to be different. And that's the problem of the youth of today. I hope they are here listening. The problem of daring to be different for God. We have come to the point where we now carry the philosophy of if you can't beat them, you do what? You join them. But if you look at the scripture, you see that it's the way God operates. God has always been operating with a principle of separation. He will call you out to stand for him. And that's the meaning of the church. The church means ecclesia. People that are called out from the world. You remember how Abraham started the journey of faith? Was he not called out? He was called out from his people. So it has been the principle, the way God operates, that when we claim that we know him, that we have a relationship with him, he desires that we should dare to be different from the people around us. And that's why the scripture of Romans chapter 12 verse 2 rings bell. Do not do what? Conform to the world. And be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. That you may be able to do what? Prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect what? Will of God. So, you can see that a Christian, a child of God, is called to be non-conformist. You don't have to conform. You know, that is what is killing the Western church. I hope you know that. That's what is killing the Western church. If you go to UK, where many of you want to now jabba, jabba to. Eh? <laughs> if you go there, if you are not a Christian in Nigeria, I, want, I bet you, I wonder whether you remain a Christian by the time you stay there. Because they have all turned their back to go on God. They have all conformed. They are conformists now. And so they could no longer stand for God. But thank God, God is now using Nigerians to take revival back to the United Kingdom. I hope you know there was a, a administration by Apostle Selman and uh, this man that sings, Nathaniel Bassi. They organized somewhere in UK. You see the crowd that gathered. You thought it was a great concert or art exhibition happening there but people gathered you see the yearning for god is there why because they are living in a society we are conforming to the world has made them to deviate from the faith so nobody they are now without god remember those threatens they are now without god what we saw in the second chronicles chapter 15 they were without god they were without the true god they were without the teaching priests and there was no law lawlessness everywhere so people can come up with anything and say this is what in fact the one that I read recently that somebody can come up and say I want to be disabled in fact trans, transept disabled is what they call that you decide and say God I'm not supposed to be able like this have eyes I'm supposed to be blind I feel like being blind and you see the person turning blind 
they have gone beyond transgender uh, homosexuality they are now going to other areas that's lawlessness these are the things in the scripture we are seeing happening before our very eyes and for you to survive in such an environment even if it were to be coming back to nigeria you need to be somebody that would dare like daniel to stand for god you need to be somebody that will say i will not conform you need to be somebody that will be committed to your relationship with god and that was what we found in daniel and god was looking for men like that do you know what do you know that god used daniel as a standard of righteousness you see that in ezekiel 14 and 13 and 14 when god was saying look i will bring calamity to every land that sins against me he says that if these three men we are there daniel noah and who else again job three men three men god says only if these three men were to be there they will save themselves because of their righteousness so just to tell you the level of standard that god has placed daniel and that was why god had to give him the spirit of what excellence be looking at your life daniel is somebody like all these young people today he was a young person he was a woman like you and i and so today god is trying to open our eyes to learning from the scripture are there things that are not in my life that i should do like daniel let god who is the covenant keeping god let's prove him he will prove himself he will give you that spirit of excellence all his promise but he wants to see something in our lives so why did god bestow the spirit of excellence on daniel and the three Hebrew children they were non-conformists they did not compromise and they were faithful to god they were standards of righteousness question number two on whom does god bestow this spirit now let's keep ourselves open we are all here today as children of god in this chapel am i one of those that god can bestow this spirit but i want us to look at, at other character studies in the bible other people and let's learn from their life what god saw in them to see why you and i seated here today cannot be candidates of receiving the spirit of excellence from god let's look at solomon number one the man called solomon solomon was a, the son of david we knew how David desired to build a temple for God. But God said, no, you're not going to be the one. It's your son. And it, it fell on Solomon. And that temple became a lasting monument in history. I hope you know that. You see that land in Israel today where there is a contention. The Palestinians and Israel, and they are fighting where you have the second holiest mosque of the muslims and then the wailing wall of the jews this is the site where that temple that solomon built was standing but was destroyed in a.d 70. so god gave solomon the privilege to build that temple why when he became the king in first king chapter 3 there's something that happened there when he began to seek God. Verse 3 says something about Solomon. He said he loved the Lord. Look at verse 3. Of that first King chapter 3. You see it written there. If you find it, I want you to read it out. First Kings chapter 3, verse 3. You're going to see something about Solomon. Then I will, we go further. You now see what he did that made God. Do you say it, my sister? And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And Solomon loved who? The Lord. He loved the Lord. And now look at verse 11 and 12. If you look at that first king's Chapter 3, 
11 to 12. There's something that was written there that I want to bring your attention to. But before that, look at the prayer he prayed in verse 9. When God gave him the opportunity to become the king, I said, give, look at his prayer. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. Now, remember verse 17 of Daniel chapter 1, spirit of excellence. The elements we find there are knowledge, skill, wisdom, understanding. Look at that verse 17. You are going to see these elements mentioned there. So I want to call them the elements of the spirit of excellence. Now look at the prayer of Solomon. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people. And what did he define as wisdom? The quality of what? Experience, knowledge, and having what? Sound judgment. So Solomon, in other words, was asking God for wisdom to rule the people. Now look at verse 11. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thy enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding, to discern what? Judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Look, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise unto thee. Now look at 4. You are going to see something 4. Similar to what was written in Daniel chapter 1, 17 to 20. In fact, 20. Daniel chapter 20, 120. You are going to see what is written about Solomon. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart even as the sand that is on the seashore verse 30 and solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the people of the east country and all the wisdom of what egypt spirit of what excellence and what did we read in for daniel he gave him wisdom greater than that of the what magicians and what astrologers so similar thing here. Solomon's wisdom excelled those of the wisdom of the children of the East Country. And what again? All the wisdom of Egypt. Can you see that? Spirit of excellence. That was God gave. Because Solomon asked. So you are beginning to see whom does God bestow the spirit? Those that will ask. Do you remember James chapter 1 verse 5? Yes, in that James chapter 1 verse 5, he says, If any one of you ask God for wisdom, he will do what? He will give you liberally. If I say he gives to all men liberally, and he does not upbraid, and he shall be given to that person. And Jesus took it further. In Luke chapter 11, verse 11, 9 to 13, we are what I call the ask acronym. You are going to see. The acronym ASK. ASK. A-S-K. A stands for ASK. S stands for SEEK. K stands for what? KNOCK. That's the ASK acronym. Jesus revealed it. And do you know what Jesus did? Jesus now brought a picture of the source of this spirit of excellence. Look at verse 13 of that Luke chapter 11. He says, If... You, heavenly fathers, can give, you know how to give your children good what? Gifts. You say, how much your heavenly father will give what? The Holy Spirit to those that do what? Ask. So you can say that. So it's left for you. It's left for you. So in the New Testament dispensation, Jesus is bringing the Holy Spirit as the spirit of excellence, that you should follow this acronym. You should ask, you should do work, seek, and you should do work, knock. Very important. So, when you do these things, God will see you and say, Ah, this is my child. This is my child. I will not deprive him of this gift. I will give him this gift. And you will have it. Now, let's look at Timothy. 
Timothy was another young person. And that's going to where I'm going to end. I'm going to use the life of Timothy to end. And that's why I said, why is God interested in the youth? That scripture re-echoes in my mind again. First John chapter 2, 14. I write to you because you are what? Strong. I write to you because the word of God abided in what? In you. And why again? Because you have overcome the wicked one. So let's look at Timothy. Timothy was another young person in the scripture. Mentored by Paul. So the mentor began to remember the mentee. And that mentee was Timothy. And so he wrote a letter. There's something he told him in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 5 to 7. That's where I want us to focus before I end this message. If you turn your scripture, can we turn to that scripture? I'm going to end soon because of the limited time. Um, yes, 2 Timothy chapter 2, yes. Take a look at verse 5. We want to see those in whom does God bestow the spirit of excellence. We have seen Solomon in the Old Testament. We want to see another young person in the New Testament, Timothy. Verse 5. The mentor said, that's Paul. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you. And do you know the meaning of unfeigned faith? Because of this English, I search for the newer translation. Because many people may not understand this uh, King James English. Unfeigned. I didn't understand it though, when I read it. Unfeigned. And I saw it simply means sincere. Sincere faith. That means God is looking for sincerity of faith. Do you know, you know, because I'm a pediatrician, and I some pediatricians are here. You know one thing about children that we like? What's that thing about children? They are sincere. Yeah, sincerity. Those in Sunday school will bear me witness. All of us pass through that stage. The one thing about them is their sincerity. Now what Jesus said, unless you become like eh, little children. You cannot do what? Enter the kingdom of God. Very simple. So, sincere faith unfeigned faith. And that's what mentor Paul saw in the mentee, Timothy. That when he was growing up, the grandmother, the great grandmother called Lois, taught, taught him about this faith. Remember what the Bible said, train up the child in the way which he should go. When he grows up, he will not depart from it. So, you have work to do. Don't relax. Bringing up children is a battle. I hope you know that. You, you will as a Christian parent. Train and train your child. Train your child. When they enter into the youthful age of life. With all the peer group pressure. They are in that danger. You don't know when your child has derailed. So that's why you need to lay a good foundation. So you can see that Timothy had a good foundation. The grandmother, Lois, started it. Now the mother, Eunice, Equally continued. That was what Paul was saying in verse 5. Which, say the sincere faith which these parents bestowed on you. And what, what is it? I say it is still standing. It did not depart from uh, Timothy. He said, I am persuaded that it is still in you. Can you see that? Now look at verse 6. Unfeigned faith, sincere faith. Now, what happened? Paul had the opportunity to lay his hands on him to receive the gift, to stir up the gift of God in him. And what is that gift of God in him? The Holy Spirit. Link it to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11. Just link it. When you say the gift of God in the New, in the New Testament, Jesus said that this gift of God is the Holy Spirit. Say, how much more? If you can ask God the Holy Spirit, He will not give to you. So, when, when Mentor Paul laid hand on Menti, Timothy, he received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was now in the young man. And now look at verse 7. He will now tell you what the Holy Spirit can do in the life of anybody that has a sincere faith and has asked God for this gift 
It says, For God has not given you the spirit of what? fear. That's timidity. But the spirit of what? Power. Of love and of what? Sound mind. In fact, another translation says sound judgment. Which is part of what we say wisdom is. That wisdom is having sound what? Judgment. So, in conclusion, because I said I'm going to conclude. Paul again did not finish. He was writing to the Ephesian Christians. I'm sure when he was writing to them, based on what the Spirit of God moved him to write to brother Timothy, he wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 1, 15 to 19. I, I read it in King James. Honestly speaking. The King James grammar, grammatical construct, was very confusing to me. If you read that from 15 to 19, it's a very long sentence. It appears to be the longer than three. In fact, it's like four sentences joined in one. Meandering and meandering. You need the Holy Spirit to understand. So I said, God, this scripture... It's very important. Which, which version am I going to use that will bring out the meaning? Because I'm going to end this message here. We are discussing spirit of excellence. But there is something, a perspective that God wants to show us about this spirit of excellence in this New Testament. And that is where I want to end with this scripture. So I chose the New Living Translation. You know, the New Living Translation, NLT, it's kind of uses the modern English. So, let's look at it. Those that have King James, please, pardon me. I have King James here. But you can be looking at King James and be comparing it with what the living NLT says. Remember the type of faith that Mentopos saw in Menti Timothy, the young man. What was the, the, the thing he saw? Unfeigned what? Faith. That is sincere faith. So, look at what Paul wrote to the Ephesian Christians. Verse 15. Ever since, that's a New Living Translation. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people everywhere. Please. Do you remember the three things that abide in Christianity? First Corinthians 13, 13. Do you remember the three things? Faith, hope, and love. Is it not? Yes. You are going to see it, these three elements mentioned in 15 to 19. Just look for it. Look for hope. Look for love. Look for faith. You are going to see the three strong pillars of Christianity. So that's what Paul saw in the Ephesian Christians. And he wrote, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Now look at the prayer points. You now started reading out the prayer points. First prayer point. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you what is that? But my own translation says spiritual wisdom and insight. So that you might grow in your knowledge of who? God. Remember that uh, place we read in First uh, John 2.14 in response to the prophecy our sister gave. When he talked to the fathers, you have known God from the beginning. But he turned to the young people. Look, I write to you that you do what? You are strong and that the word of God abides in you and you have defeated the wicked one. So it's as if God wants you to be like the fathers. So if you have this faith, look at the prayer point. To give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God which the fathers already have. The fathers. They already know God from the beginning. God wants you, the youth, to know God in the same way. And, and it is the spirit of 
wisdom, the spiritual wisdom and insight that will help you to grow in your knowledge of God. That's the spirit of excellence we are talking about today. And it comes from the Holy Spirit. That's the New Testament perspective. The prayer point continues. Prayer point number two. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand. Can you see understanding? One of the elements of the spirit of excellence we've mentioned before. Understanding. That you can understand the confident hope. The other pillar of Christianity. Hope. He has given to those he called. Many of us who are called to be Christians we live as though that have no hope. But he says no. There is a hope for which we have been called. He is only people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Hey, do you know when I read this scripture, my head it was mind blowing. That means when God looks at you who are believers in this chapel, eh? It's, it's like God sees you as his glorious inheritance. I, I don't know, I don't know. The way, that is, the way God looks at the church, it means those who are redeemed, those who know the Lord, that means you are so special in the eyes of God. He sees you as a glorious inheritance. <laughs> I don't know. That means in the world we are living with, with the multiplicity of faiths, with the multiplicity of people that say they are seeking God. You as a Christian, you that know the Lord, to God you are like a glorious inheritance. And he says that you need understanding to be able to know this. That is the spirit of excellence that I desire that all of us you have. To understand this. This confident hope for which God has given you. Look at the last prayer point, and that's where I'm going to end. You know two prayer points now by Brother Paul. Look at the last prayer point. I also pray that you will understand. Understanding has come in again. Spirit of excellence. Understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Do you know what Paul wrote to the Philippians in Philippians 3.10? Does anybody remember? Paul gave three si two sides of Christianity. That I may know him. Do you remember that scripture? Okay, can somebody read it for me? I'm going to end there. Very important because this last prayer point is bringing in that scripture for us. Who knows it? You saw it. Very good. Philippians straight then, and he says, I want, I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Thank you. Can you see the two, two sides of the coin of Christianity? The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. But uh, most of us don't want the other side. <laughs> Me, I know you suffer. You might remember the chorus. But they say it's a corruption, no, that even though I go suffer. But some people say, me, I know go suffer. <laughs> That's the way they want it. Me, I know go suffer. I know go bed for what? Bread. God of miracle, now my what? Papa. Because that's actually what some preachers are focusing on now. The power of his resurrection. It is real. But you need to balance it. Tell Christians that you shouldn't be afraid of the fellowship of uh, his suffering. Because the power of his resurrection will make you overcome. The what? The fellowship of his suffering. So that's the prayer point of Paul. The last prayer point. That you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who do what? Who believe in him. Let us pray. The spirit of excellence. Oh, that God will give everyone that will ask, seek, and knock. God is a God of covenant. He will never fail. Even if we are faithless, God will remain faithful. 
For he will not deny himself. That's still say the scripture. So brethren, I want you to pray. You've heard today those whom God would like to give this spirit. Begin to specifically ask God as you look into your life. So that you become that candidate. To be a recipient of this grace of God today. The Holy Spirit who gives the spirit of excellence. So that we can excel like Daniel and the three Hebrew children in every area of our life. God will not fail. He has promised he will never fail us. We will lean on him. We will lean on him. Oh, he has promised that he will never fail us. His faithfulness, oh yes, is forever sure. Oh, his faithfulness is forevermore. Today is the day for our students of various critical departments and anatomy. Before they give their song, I'd like us to pray. Father, thank you for your servant who has spoken to us. We pray, Lord, that you be with him and bless his family and his ministry. In the name of Jesus. God, we ask for ourselves, all of us here, that we shall not miss the point of this message. Grant us, Lord, to hold on to you. Learn to be able to ask you and be able to experience your spirit of excellence, not only for youths and children, but even for adults, parents, and ministers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.